Welcome to the Design Insights Podcast, a show about uncovering what drives and inspires designers in all creative fields. Your host is Sophia Clark, founder and creative director of Galatea, on a mission to redefine socially conscious luxury. Welcome to Galiatea's Design Insights Podcast. I am here today with Sonia Bolia, all the way from India today. Um, welcome. Hey, I'm so happy to be here virtually. <laughs> yes, virtually. I'm sad that um, this is how it has to be done, but at least we get to reach out from across the world. So that is very exciting. Yeah, definitely. So where are you from? What is your background? Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Um, So I'm originally from India and then I pursued my bachelor's in interior architecture from the Boston Architectural College. Um, And for the past um, five or six years, I've been working as an interior designer um, in Boston and most recently in New York. Uh, And now I'm back in India working on um, designing a hotel franchise here. Um, But yeah, that's what I've been up to in the past few years. Um, Just interior designing with residential, commercial. um, Yeah. That's very exciting. So um, how did you get into interior design? What got you into that space? Um, I've always been very personally very affected by the spaces that I encounter Um, like if I walk into I think it's true for pretty much everyone if you walk into like a dull gloomy place you know you end up feeling kind of down you walk into a a well-designed like more uplifting place you end up your mood just lightens up instantly Um, so I really feel like spaces um, do have the power to like heal you or hurt you so I think it's very important to um like design better places for the well-being of people so I think that's my way of just helping the communities by creating spaces where um, people can really emotionally belong. That's a beautiful message. Um, When we previously talked you mentioned something about your father being an, an architect and that somehow helped you get into this whole design um industry. Can you talk more about that? Sure. Um, So my dad is um, an architect um, developer here in India. Um, And I think I was actually going through a huge crisis when I was 18 and I had to decide on a major. I mean, I went from economics to journalism to a lot of different things until he finally sort of gave me the push um, towards architecture. And then that's how I got into architecture school. Um, in my third year though, I think I realized I was more drawn to interior design just in general. Like, um, I was more interested in designing spaces for a user specifically. So I think that was more, um, that led me more towards interiors than I guess architecture in a broad sense. Um, so that's what I did in my third year. I made the switch uh, in my major and um, I made the switch professionally as well. Um, I started taking up more internships that were um, geared towards interiors rather than architecture. Um, but yeah, my dad has definitely been um, a huge influence uh, in deciding my <laughs> career trajectory, I guess. 
Okay, so that's that's great. I know, for example, for me, it was my uncle. He was an architect, an art collector, an interior designer. He was kind of a jack of all trades, and and so it usually usually is often someone close to us who inspires us to go a certain way, and then we discover a little more of ourselves and what we want to do. So I I love that story. Um, so are, do you have any other influences, do you say, that inspire you creatively or that um, you look to for inspiration or creativity-wise? Um, I look to pretty much everyone and everything for inspiration, I would say. I'm just, I'm inspired by the world around me. I'm inspired by, like, nature. I'm inspired by art. Um, I love exploring. I love traveling. So whenever I'm out for a walk or, you know, if I'm going to, um, I'm going to eat out at a restaurant, I'm going to visit a museum, there's always things that I notice on my way that I'm um, inspired by. Um, in general, I love like reading magazines, just flipping through, you know, hunting for inspiration. Um, and also just online. I mean, Instagram and Pinterest are great tools to look at as well. Uh, but I'd say I find my inspiration just in my daily life, in everything I see or whoever I interact with. And so how does that inspiration translate into your work? Um, it could, like, I remember once um, I was looking at just, I was at the beach and I was just looking at the waves. Um, and I was interested in the pattern, you know, the waves were forming. Um, and this was back when I was in school. So the design that I was doing for one of my architectural models just became inspired by the movement of water. Um, and that's something I think that has happened in professional life as well. Like I'll see something um, outside, um, like say at a museum, I saw a piece of art. I really liked the color composition of the image or something. And I, I just take that and I translate it to like the composition of a room, for example, like if I saw a really interesting piece of art, um, I like the way the pieces came together, you know, I can um, translate that into, let's say, a wallpaper for a room or just the way the space is coming together. Um, so it's just being just inspired by different things and then putting a little bit of your own touch into it and then creating something completely new. That's super interesting, bringing what you see and translating it in your own way. Um, so how yes. would you define your, well, first off, do you have, do you feel like you have a design style? And if you do, how would you define that design style? Um, I've actually been thinking about that um, a bit since we spoke recently. Um, I would say, uh, my design style is a little bit transitional because I really do love mixing like the old with the new and, you know, keeping mm -hmm. some, um, like if a building has really beautiful architectural details and like preserving that and then mixing that with modern furnishings. So I do love doing that. Um, and I would also say maybe eclectic because I do draw from a variety of different sources. Um, so it's hard to, in one sense, it's hard to really... Um, define my design style but um, I would probably say transitional and um, eclectic. Okay 
Is there one design style or one thing that you would never incorporate into your designs that you just don't feel like resonates true to who you are or to your design aesthetic? Um, I think sometimes I've been asked to just like completely replicate what a client saw, let's say in a photograph. And that's something I don't like doing because it ends up creating, um, you know, the same kind of lookalike interiors, the same recycled um, stuff. Um, so that is something I stay away from. So if someone, um, if a client asks me, if a client tells me like, oh, this is um, a room I'm inspired by, I found it um, online, then I just, I'll take things, certain things from the image. Like if it's a piece of furniture, then, you know, I can say, okay, like this chair would really look good in your space. but I wouldn't do the exact same thing that's done uh, there. I mean, because then you don't really need a designer if you just want to replicate right. something that you saw in a photograph. Right. And so what is something that you, whether you realize it or not, that you tend to do in your designs that when you look back at all of them, you can say, oh, that is something that I, I is like my trademark, right? Is there something mm -hmm. within your designs that you repeatedly go back to? Um, I definitely have ended up um, uh, pushing a lot of my clients towards doing built-ins, like, because everyone is always telling me, oh, we want to increase storage and we want to increase seating. And for me, like, built-ins are a great way of doing that. So if the client does have the budget for that, I always end up, instead of, like, adding three different chairs or adding, like, another sofa or something, I just end up doing a built-in for them that just looks more of a part of their space. And it also is super functional. So I think that is something I always um, gravitate towards. And I personally enjoy designing them a lot. So maybe that's why. Okay. And do you feel like, and so I imagine you talked about doing hospitality. Is that same notion translated into your hospitality projects as well? Um, definitely, if anything, even more in hospitality because I can go as custom as I want. Um, and I think that um, that is really exciting. Like I did uh, a custom ceiling for an ho a hospitality project. It was a whiskey bar and I did this really cool custom ceiling for it. Um, so I mean, it was really time consuming, but the end result just ended up looking so good. Um, so yeah, I ended up doing that uh, with hospitality as well. If anything, more with hospitality. Um, and what do you see the differences are when you when you approach designing residential with hospitality projects? Um, uh, as I mentioned before, I think uh, with residential, um, it's really it's more of a personal connection with the client. So you know, when when the client is happy with the way I've done things, um, I think them being happy like really creates a, a sense of satisfaction it's like a an emotional personal connection uh, with hospitality I don't feel that but I do feel a lot of creative freedom like I am able to do more of the things that I want to do uh, like I can go really bold or really crazy if I want to in a hotel lobby I can you know get um, like a really bold piece of artwork go really vibrant with the colors um, I can't always do that with residential I mean because it is a home, it is someone's home. You want them to feel calm and peaceful and you know comfortable in their space. So I can't really take as many design risks as I can with hospitality projects. Um, so yeah, that is one of the differences between them. 
Um, what would be like one thing that you wish people would do in their homes more? Like when, when a, a, a client comes to you, what is the one thing that you want them to know or do or take a risk on? Um, take a risk on, I would say with sometimes clients really have, um, a sense, like they think they really do know what exactly they want. Like I had someone tell me that they loved, um, like modern, super modern design. Um, and so they kept trying to tell me that. And then when I selected pieces that were really modern, they didn't end up being happy with it. Uh, so I just sat down with them one day and I just told them, okay, just tell me, you know, from these series of images, like which one are you most drawn to? Um, and the ones that they picked actually were technically more traditional for me. It's just, I think for them, it was really modern. So I try to stay away from just like these terms and instead just have visuals present instead, because I think what's modern for one person may just be a little tra traditional for someone else. What's super traditional for someone may be, you know, totally a little modern for some another person so that is one of the things that i always um ask my clients to do is i just try to steer clear from these terms and just have mm -hmm. visuals to help instead um and uh, another thing is i always ask them to clean and organize before i start designing a space because sometimes i'll I'll walk in and uh, really what's wrong with the space is just that it's dirty. Like that's all. It's just disorganized and it's dirty. And sometimes when you just put things in the right order in the right places, the space just immediately looks a little better. And then you can start making some design changes if necessary. I think that's such a good one because sometimes in the chaos, you're like, there's something wrong with the space. And actually it's just, you know, yeah. they're busy living their day-to-day -day life and a lot of it can be fixed doing that. So I think that, that that's a great one. Um, do you feel like your cultural background has influenced you in any way? And if so, in what ways has it influenced you? Uh, it definitely has influenced me in a lot of ways. I come from a very um, like diverse, vibrant culture. So I tend to bring that with me. When I'm designing, um, like the place where I'm from, my hometown actually has a lot of um, like royal palaces and a lot of old architecture. Um, so I've just grown up looking at those like, pretty architectural details. Um, so that's why I'm really drawn to um, some like ornate, beautiful architectural details that um, maybe are not functional and just for a decorative purpose, but I really am sort of drawn to those and I like preserving them, keeping them, um, or recreating them and mixing them with um, whatever uh, the function of the space is or whatever new style is. Um, and I think I'm just not afraid to uh, put different things together. You know, if something wouldn't traditionally go together in my mind, I'm still, I'm not afraid to take the risk and just try and see how it would um, look anyway and just put a bunch of things together mix and match and then see what comes out of it have you ever had clients in that instance because you t you you said that you like to mix and match and especially bold colors i know in mm -hmm. my experience people are, tend to be scared of bold either patterns or colors and and so forth has that been your experience 
It definitely has um, because I think like my clients would tell me that they do want um, something bold, something different. Um, but then when we're picking things out, it always ends up being a little more muted, a little more neutral, and there really isn't so much interest in anything. And then it just ends up, and then they're not really happy with it because that's not what they wanted in the first place. Um, so I just, I try to introduce it in small doses at first, you know, I'll just like, if there's a room and if I really want to go bold, then maybe I'll do an accent wall and like really go bold on the wall, or I'll bring in uh, pillows and throws that have like really cool patterns. Um, so just introducing it in sort of decor and smaller doses first when they're, if they're comfortable with it, if they really like it, then we decide to do something, um, further if they're not comfortable with it then I just kind of stop there because I mean it is about fulfilling the client's yeah. needs for me ultimately yeah no it's true it's hard to to satisfy your own design um, criteria your own design aesthetic as well as fulfilling the needs for someone else it's a it's kind of a balance isn't it definitely yeah it really is a balance um, what would you say, um, as of right now, you're still very young in your career and you still have so many more projects, mm -hmm. exciting projects in the works. As of right now, what would you say is a career highlight for you? Um, a career highlight, I'm unable to pick just one thing, um, but I feel like just being able to work on so many different projects in all together has been a career highlight for me like being able to work on residential projects, you know, new builds, renovations, um, being able to work in hospitality, being able to work in retail. Um, I think that all put together is a career highlight for me. That's great. Um, is there anything that um, COVID kind of has changed in the way you either approach your career or that you've had to kind of change because of COVID? Um, there definitely aren't as many site visits now as I would like. Um, so that really has changed. Um, my dependency on like everything going virtual, everything going online has changed a lot. I mean, I used to do that in the past anyway, but it's just, um, it's happening more and more. And also in the way I'm designing is definitely changing too. Like people are home now more than ever they're paying attention to their spaces um everyone's really been asking me for like um, decor hacks for work from home spaces mm -hmm. so everyone needs like a cozy comfortable office in their home uh, with commercial design too i mean now we're moving towards so much more like i'd say touchless technology and you know with materials as well like you you want materials that can be wiped down easily um, so this really has changed a lot of things in the way I'm working and the way I'm designing. So talking about one of uh, people asking you about design hacks for their home, because people are realizing more and more when they're at home, like that they right. need to spruce up their place or something needs to change. What is something right now that you would say to people who are working from home, like something that they can easily do to make it more comfortable to work from home so one of your home office hacks what would those be um i would say if you don't currently have a dedicated space like a dedicated office space just find any kind of a nook any space where you have 
firstly, like the right amount of sunlight, because I mean, that affects me a lot personally, just getting enough daylight and it keeps me productive. Uh, with some people, they don't like that. Some people like being just in a closed box because they can concentrate much better without having to look outside. Um, so I would say get the ample, the correct amount of sunlight for yourself. Um, just pick a space like that and keep it clean, keep it organized. Like that's very important for me when I have a super messy desk, I'm just not able to be very productive. So just, um, you know, like do all those DIY organization hacks now, like go on Pinterest, look at that stuff. And now is the right time to organize sort of all your files, put everything in folders, um, because that's definitely going to make your mind more clear. Um, and um, I mean, you are home. So that's really nice is like being in a home office, you can be comfortable and productive. Um, so you don't have to be on your bed working, but like you can have like a cozy blanket on your chair or like a cozy throw pillow. Um, that's always helpful. And lastly, I would say add a little bit of green in there, you know, just a small plant or anything that reminds you of nature. If you have a nice view outside your window, then, you know, sit there, use that. Just try to bring the, try to bring the outdoors in in any way you can. I love that. Yes. As of right now, um, I've, I've been working at home for so long, but uh, because of COVID, I'm even more at home than I normally mm -hmm. am. And I need to, I definitely need to rework my office space because right now I'm facing a wall and it's kind of sad and dreary. So I definitely need to keep <laughs> you up on, on those little um, uh, hacks. Um, what is some advice that you would give young designers right now? Um, I would say just try to get as much experience as possible. Um, that was really helpful for me when I was starting out was just like being out there in the field, just working, getting whatever job I could just to get the experience because um, that is the most important at the end of the day. And just uh, like go out and connect with people, like network and talk to people um, because you really never know who could be a helpful resource or maybe you could be a helpful resource to someone. So, I mean, the design community in general is, I'd say very like tight knit and it is a, a community based sort of profession. So I would say uh, get a lot of experience and just go out there and talk to people and connect with them um, because that's very, very helpful. Yeah, I, I, I'm a solopreneur, but one of my biggest mistakes when I started was I just wanted to do it on my own. I was kind of, mm -hmm. you know, kind of had the blinders and I was like, okay, I, I don't need anyone else or anything like that. And so I learned very quickly, you can't do it on your own. You need the, your community. You need to reach out. And so for me, that was a very valuable lesson that I had to learn very quickly when I first started. So I totally echo what you're, what you're saying about building community. And I feel like the design community is one that is because it re is really art-based and very expressive we tend to um have this more global mentality than probably other industries i feel like that i agree yeah for sure helps um uh where do you see the interior design field going into the future um into the future i mean I would always think of like whenever someone says that asks me that I would always think of like sustainable design, you know, eco-friendly design. Um, but I'd 
now I don't even think like that's the future anymore. I think it is the need of the hour. So it's more about focusing right now on like sustainable design practices, um, eco-friendly furniture, like eco-friendly furnishings, um, you know, more technology being integrated more into design, whether that's um, like virtual reality or artificial intelligence or just uh, more energy efficient systems for buildings. I think all of that is very, all of that is going to come up and I think already has started coming up in design. Yeah, I feel like sustainable design has become a main mainstream kind of term that we now use in the mm -hmm. industry when you say it what does it mean specifically to you sustainable design sustainable or eco-friendly furniture what does that mean to you um i think when i'm thinking sustainability i'm thinking of it throughout the design process like starting from orientation of your building like you know making sure you're strategically like placing windows so that you can optimize daylight that's coming in um, maybe installing like solar panels in your space or having like um, like stormwater management rainwater harvesting system so being like before even you start designing just planning for all of these things I think it starts there and then when you're designing just um, making sure you're being efficient and um, sourcing furniture that's coming from um, companies that you know are eco-friendly and they have like ethical practices they're um, coming from good good quality products so all of that is important in the design process interesting because what the first part of what you were mentioning is is it just popped into my head is really what lead certification is all about right like the different right. levels of lead buildings do you feel like that should be an elite thing that people apply to get or that should just kind of be the norm of how buildings are? It talks about I really think that should be the norm of how buildings are. Like that really should be the starting point when you start designing or planning that because what happens is you don't keep that into consideration and then like buildings and users run into problems because all of those things weren't. Uh, accounted for and then your you know your energy bills are too high or you're running out of resources or I mean I saw this building that was that practically burned down in London because like the daylighting studies weren't done properly or actually no sorry the building didn't burn down it was the sunlight that got reflected off of it and uh, it burned a car down instead so it was just really crazy like it can actually be harmful if it's not um, taken into consideration. No, definitely so um, what are some resources that you use that you would recommend other interior designers or even people who are in the design industry use to? Um, I personally, I mean, I'm, I have subscriptions to like Architectural Digest and other design magazines. Um, I mean, on my news app on my phone, I've clicked on like architecture and design news as well. So every day when I'm scrolling through, um, like with my normal news, I get like architecture and design things as well. So that way I'm updated on what's going on um, and attending events. Like that's always been um, really helpful for me. Um, I haven't done that this year, but like last year, up until last year, I was going to all these cool industry events. And that's a good way of just like meeting vendors and getting to know about more resources, um, see what's 
happening in the design industry. Um, yeah, all of that, I guess. Amazing. Um, what is something you would tell your 18 year old self? Um, I'd probably say just, just go for it. Don't, don't think too much because I was really fickle minded as a young adult. So, um, I think I would just say, yeah, just, just go for it and see how it goes. And if it doesn't go the way as planned, like you'll learn something from it regardless. I love that. I feel like we're, we, there's so much good that comes from hindsight because then you're like, like, wow, I've come a long way since then. <laughs> so, I that so thank you so much for coming on and for talking and giving us your design insights and insights into you. Um, I just want to turn this time over so you can share, you know, your last thoughts. Sure. Um, thank you so much for having me. Like, this has been really fun. Um, there's one thing I would love to share with the audience, and that is that I am now doing um, online design consultations, and I'm offering virtual online design services. Um, so all people really need is just uh, let me know what they're looking for. If there's a space in their home or a commercial space that they want to redesign, um, I mean, all I need is a couple of photos, measurements, just an idea of what they like. And um, we can just go from there. You know, I can give you proper designs, plans, renderings, a whole shopping list of what you need to spruce up your space. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to share that with everyone. And uh, if you want to reach out to me, like Instagram is the best place. So on my personal Instagram at Sanya Bolia or on um, at Supreme Design Studio. Um, yeah, that would be great. Perfect. And I will definitely make sure to include all of your information so people can easily reach out to you. You guys, please reach out to Sonia Bolia. She has the Q's designs. I will add them into the blog post so you'll see them. She is extremely gifted and I'm so lucky to have had her on this podcast. And we look forward to eventually interviewing later on to find out more about your future projects.